Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Two Minutes with Todd. My name is Todd Jones. I am the Chief Investment Officer for Gratis Capital. And today is June 13th. And I thought uh, this might be another, a little bit longer session of Two Minutes with Todd because of what's been happening over the last few days, a little bit more market volatility. So I figured we had a couple more slides and provide a little more context of actually what we're doing in portfolios right now. So if you look at last week's performance, last week saw a pretty brutal go for most markets, one exception being commodity markets up 0.7%. Bond market, however, was down almost 1%. U.S. stocks, broadly speaking, were down 5.3 if you use the S&P. And international markets were down 7.5. And so what kicked off this downward activity in markets? Well, clearly the number one issue that we've been calling out for many months now, which is inflation and the direction of inflation. And if you use that chart, on page two, as a guide, coming into June 7th, I think uh, that's when President Biden appeared on the Jimmy Kimmel show, indicating that there was going to be a little bit more of an elevated inflation print for this coming month. And then I think there was a leak of the CPI report to some market participants, which actually started the sell-off starting on Wednesday the 8th. And why was this such a, a bad report? Well, you can look at chart number one on page three there, which shows CPI on a year-over-year basis. And you can see, as opposed to the expectation, which was for a slight decline in CPI, the consumer price index in the U.S. Of, a, of 20 basis points or so. You can see actually that in the month of May, CPI actually re-accelerated back up to 8.5%, 8.58 versus I think uh, the prior month was 8.36. And so why does this mean so much to the markets? Well, clearly, I think markets are having a difficult time pricing where future cash flows are going to go and valuations by extension because inflation is one of those items that has a way of working its way into prices. And if uh, there is a inflationary mindset that starts to seep in, it just means that it's going to take a little bit longer for this to get under control. And I think the other byproduct of this maybe higher than expected CPI report is that the Fed may need to get a little bit more aggressive more sooner than expected. And so that is also, I think, causing some chaos within markets at the moment. Looking at chart number two there, I just wanted to point out there are pockets of maybe positive experience coming from what's going on with inflation. One of those, of course, being the energy market. It's the best performing sector for the year. We do have a pretty substantial sizing to energy investments across our portfolios. But you can see here this chart showing the month-by-month -month export view of natural gas out of the U.S. from starting in January of 2020 to, through April. And what you can see, is a pretty marked uptick in exports to Europe starting in about the middle of 2021. This is actually when European gas prices started to diverge pretty meaningfully from U.S. prices. But I think that this also informs us that energy, particularly on the net gas side, is going to be an interesting place to have some exposure for the foreseeable future because gas prices in the U.S. are about three to four times greater than they are in the U.S. That's one. And then also finding any themes or investment opportunities that kind of play into this export theme probably have some legs to them as well at this point. One chart that was asked that I recreate that I put out about a month ago was a kind of a look at where the market could go over the next 30 days. And the way we infer that without necessarily having a crystal ball is through the options market. So the options market, the VIX index here, you can see it based on the VIX that, as it was this morning at about 33 indicates that the market will be, the S&P will be up or down plus or minus about 9.7% now until options expiration in the next 30 days. What that means is a upper bound of about 41.37 on the S&P and a lower bound of 3,400. Now, the good news, of course, is that if we do get down to that lower level, 3,400, that would trigger a rebalance opportunity for us to take a look across portfolios and recommit back to our equity exposure, given they've probably dropped a little bit more since pushing to lower levels. So that's one thing mechanism that is definitely at play that we will have an opportunity for if, if in fact, we get down to these lower levels. But I did want to leave you with some 
some maybe food for thought. And this is, you know, the kind of what are we doing slide that hopefully helps give everyone an idea of how we're navigating the current market environment. And really, it all goes back to what is we've laid out within our investment philosophy. And certainly, we would be happy to share that with you if you had any questions on our investment philosophy. But one important tenant is that during this stock and bond volatility, we definitely want to keep our eye on long-term. I've showed many charts over the years and more recently about how it's critically important to keep a long-term perspective when you're looking at investing decisions because there's very few investors that can trade and or make money consistently over short-term time windows. This just bears itself out in the data. It's a very difficult thing to do. And so one advantage or edge we can have is to extend our time horizon. And this is something that I think would dovetail into our recommendation earlier in the year of having a slightly higher equity allocation versus bonds. Because if we're in a period of maybe elevated valuation, one way to mitigate that impact is through extending your duration or extending your time horizon. Because any investment plan, the only way that there's a feasible chance that it will work is if we give it enough time. Second concept I just wanted to touch on there is diversification. And diversification actually works if implemented appropriately. What we can't have is false diversification, which is thinking that things like small cap or mid cap are going to be providing us diversification when the S&P is selling off. That is not what we're talking about here. What we're, what we're talking about is actually finding strategies or asset classes that have a low correlation to both the stock and the bond market over time. And I would say right now, those positions are working you know, as described. I mean, certainly it's, most positions are negative for the year. But in the context of the S&P down maybe close to 20, the aggregate bond index down 10, a alternative strategy is maybe down in the low single digits. That's actually not a bad outcome. The third point I just wanted to make here is that we do let valuation and history inform some of our portfolio changes. There are periods in time when certain asset categories or strategies work better than others. I would point to a period right now where trend following, otherwise known as managed features, is one of those times that I think has a really good opportunity set in front of it, particularly because of the volatility we see. And I think that has been the experience thus far, because when you have prices moving around as they are, you can identify trends that are firmly in place that are set to continue. Then that's how a managed futures or a trend following strategy makes money. And those have been very effective so far this year. The fourth point I wanted to make here is that we definitely want to make sure we're using volatility to our advantage. So volatility can be both up and down volatility, but the primary way we harness that volatility is through a rebalancing protocol or rebalancing process. And I think we've demonstrated over the last 12 years or so that we have a fairly robust rebalancing process. It's not rote by any stretch, but it has added tremendous value over time. And we continue to implement that and look at ways to make that more meaningful. And then finally, one thing that's really hard to do, but something that I think we've done a pretty good job at doing is remaining conservative unless there's a fairly significant opportunity in front of us. And what does that mean? It means having some cash available as an asset to draw on when, when times get tough, like certainly like what we're in right now. The other way is to make sure that your asset categories are core in nature versus more niche or satellite going into challenging periods. And as you may be aware, we've reduced or eliminated a number of what I call niche strategies well in advance of the drawdown we've seen so far in 2022, things like emerging markets or preferred stock or high-yield bonds, all of which have gotten fairly beaten up so far this year, even small cap, have no exposure to those. And that helps us uh, stick it out when the times get tough, given our core portfolio holdings tend to held up better in stressful time periods than these niche strategies do, by and large. Thanks for joining us today. I know this has been a bit of a challenging time, but we certainly wanted to provide you some ways in which we're addressing this. And we look forward to speaking to you again at this time next week. Thanks. All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. The information contained does not constitute research or recommendation from Gratis Capital to the listener. Gratis Capital is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting 
the giving of investment advice by Gratis Capital to that listener.